Amazing Nerd Show. Episode 10. Yes. We made it all the way for 10 weeks. I'm surprised, actually. <laughs> I haven't killed you yet. Yes, I know. I'm surprised, too. <laughs> but we're here. Yes. And it's Tuesday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah. And what happened today? Oh, Luke Cage trailer dropped. That's well. What is a trailer? It's a teaser. It's a teaser. It's a teaser. Yeah, right? you know, it gets you. It gets you like, oh, this is Luke Cage. Yeah, coming. a little tickle, a mm. little tickle of Cage, <laughs> right? So we got a date though. Yeah, June twenty second, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I believe so. Twenty second or twenty sixth. But regardless, it's true. It's the same week, it's right? Nice. Hey, whatever it counts. <laughs> it counts. Come on, close enough. <laughs> Misinformation, whatever. We're a podcast. <laughs> Not news journalists. Yeah, right? right. I'm not a journalist, damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm excited, though. I, do you think Daredevil's dropping this uh, year? I don't know. If they do, it'd be later this year. I mean, they were definitely full-on in production, so... Yeah, especially since we saw the teaser for Luke Cage first. I'm guessing Cage is going to be coming out before Daredevil. It just feels like it yeah. should be the other way around. Because I mean, we got a cage season after season two of Daredevil, hmm. correct? Nah, that's weird, but whatever. I mean, unless it's going to be like a big like fall release. I mean, they're probably going to put a lot of more money into. I feel uh, Daredevil. Daredevil, it's more established. People really, really love it. Cage did really well for them, though. Did really well, but it had lukewarm reviews. Yeah, but not I... not you know no pun intended there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. Um... I don't know. I'm excited, though. I'm excited. I, I want to see the chemistry between him and Danny. Mm-hmm. I want him to redefine the Iron Fist for me. Make make him likable. <laughs> <laughs> Give me hope. Uh, so, that might be a, a big challenge. <laughs> yes. Yes, it will be. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying this world that we're living in where we, you know, get all these wonderful, yeah. you know, shows and movies. I mean, this year alone just feels massive. It just it there's something films. every month, mm-hmm. every month or something. So I mean, yeah, we're we're right on the dawn of Jessica Jones, exactly. which we'll get into later. But yeah, what a wonderful world we live in. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, we're also speaking of being on the dawn of things. We're on the dawn of the Infinity Countdown. Yeah, are you excited? Um, I'm interested. That's for sure. I'm still, I'm more hooked on No Surrender, so my mind hasn't put myself into that, I, what's going on with Infinity. I am cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. I like the format right now. Mm. I've liked the two books that we've got. I I like the Adam Warlock tie-in, and I liked Prime. Um, I'm excited that this isn't going to be something that interrupts the entire Marvel Universe. Like, this seems like it's going to be pretty self-contained. Mm. so you know that's been my big problem recent years with like these big event books um this definitely doesn't feel like it's going to be that way so the tie-ins that they announced are just like you know they're not in other books they're like their own thing like you're getting like a infinity countdown dark hawk one um infinity countdown i believe there's a um a ghostwriter 
Yeah. So um, that that's cool. I like that. You know, so I don't feel like, you know, I have to, like, one, it doesn't stop the progress of my books, my regular books. Mm. Two, you know, I feel like I can miss maybe one of those books or, like, just read a recap and it'd be okay. Like, I'm not buying 30 books to get the full story. Well, that's what we assume and we hope. You know? Yeah. It very much could be like, oh, Dark Hark's... Dark, Dark Hark. Dark Hark's <laughs> story. character? I have no idea. <laughs> His story could be like so integral, and it comes into the very end, but it's yeah, all on that. But at least it's only three issues, so that's you know that's sure. a bonus. So for my wallet, at least. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if the art stands up though on page. But you know, so far so good. You know, I'm excited. But they also have an interesting take on the story too this time. It seems like it's going to be more grounded with the gauntlet. Yes. You know, it's not going to be such a huge cosmic story. I mean, there's going to be elements of that, mm. but they're really kind of pushing like this different angle for the story. Yeah, it's no longer is it just going to be like Adam Warlock or Thanos. It's going to be like they said in the little trailer that they uh, put out. It could be Spider Man. It could be Wolverine. Yes. It's going to be all these little characters. So it's kind of refreshing because mm. when I think Gauntlet, I think automatically Thanos. Exactly. You know? So and Warlock. So that's that's cool. I like that. I like that they're changing up a bit and. I don't know. Do you, I feel like this is probably going to lead to something else since it's called Countdown. Yes. So I'm wondering if we're going to get a bigger event out of this. I hope it's not right after the fact, you know? And it doesn't seem like it's going to be because I feel like we'd see yeah, solicitations we already. Something. Yeah, right? Um, but I wouldn't put it past him either. <laughs> so you never know. But yeah, yeah. But uh, really, that's it. We actually covered most of the books that we read this week on last week's episode yeah, exactly. so because it's tuesday so <laughs> it's not new comic book day yet so there'll be a we'll little plenty to cover next week yes a lot to cover next week <laughs> so but yeah let's move on to the squared circle exactly uh we had raw this last week and what did you think um i don't know it was kind of a filler episode for me mm-hmm. i may have furthered a few storylines but um you know what i do not understand what everyone's you know getting so hyped about with uh, Reigns, you know, especially with his promo and everything. We didn't even talk about it yeah. last week because <laughs> I was just like kind of meh. You know, I mean, how did you feel about it? I mean, I can see... For me, I think it's people are tired of the of the same thing with Reigns. They're tired of like have, like feeling that they can't cheer for him, can't be behind him. Because he's, he's a good... In the end of the day, he's a good worker. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I He's a good performer. I agree um, but he's just been, you know, shoved on us so much that it's... His character's very, like, vanilla mm-hmm. to me. You know, it's very white bread. It just, it doesn't, I, he doesn't move me at all. Yeah. You know, I can't relate to him. He does feel kind of a golden boy, you know, where he's been, just been handed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not his fault, obviously. Yeah, it's not at all. No, it's McMahon's fault, completely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this whole like shoot promo that he did last week on Lesnar where he came out and called them a bitch and, you know, it was air quotes, a shoot style promo. It felt forced to me. Mm -hmm. It didn't like, there was never a point where I was like, Ooh, wow. I don't think he was supposed to say that. So I, I could see what they were trying to do, you know? So I never really got into Mm -hmm. it and I really didn't buy his delivery of everything you know for me a sh- good like shoot style promo has to feel like it's off the cuff mm-hmm. and this felt like no, it yeah, was very scripted very scripted so i just i don't know like i'm hearing people who hated reigns you know just a month ago now jump on the bandwagon 
Yeah. And that, to me, almost feels like you've just been waiting to get on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand. And a lot of people are frustrated with, with Lesnar, you know, and him holding that belt. I mean, I, I am also very frustrated with Lesnar having this belt for so long. I mean, almost the entire year at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, and wrestling so few dates. So I understand that. But once again, that's not Lesnar's fault. That's McMahon's fault. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. I didn't buy into it, though. I think it would be more interesting if this was something new between the two of them, but this felt like every other promo they were Right? I felt like Lesnar. I've heard some of these things exactly. before the last time they faced off at Mania. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. I just, I didn't buy it. But um, anything else stand out to you this week on Raw? I mean, we got more weak moments from Ronda Rousey, and we got the announcement of the match that we already knew that we were going to get. I, You know what I was surprised about, though? I was surprised how over she was mm. with the crowd when she came out. I'm not sure where they were at. Yeah, I was about to ask, do you know what city Yeah, I don't know, at? but man, she got a reaction. I mean, a reaction she hasn't been getting, you know, since her, like, debut. You know, it's been kind of mixed, mm. um, but this was straight babyface territory and, like, white hot like baby face like she came out to huge pop and everything she was doing was getting a huge reaction in the ring it was all awkward mm. don't get me wrong i feel like it was better booked than like the last few weeks but still i feel like they're giving her way too much to do they need to go on that whole like stream of thinking of less is more i think with her mm. and just you know i mean just if she has to talk <laughs> limited to like a couple words here and there. Yeah. Because, I mean, whenever she, you know, touches the mic, it's just, I don't know. It's just uncomfortable. It's borderline <laughs> uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Am I the only one? No, <laughs> it's no. Just You're like definitely not alone there. Um, it feels like she's lost a lot of times. Yeah. She should have been at least out of the ring or something during that whole moment with Angle attacking Triple H. And, and I don't know who's giving her directions. And I mean, yeah, I do know who's giving directions. It's McMahon, but yeah. like just telling her to constantly smile because mm-hmm. it's so like she goes from like being this badass and having you know like like murderous intentions in her eyes <laughs> to like smiling like a you know a giddy schoolgirl. It's just a there's no transition there or whatever. It just feels so forced um, and just I don't know off putting. So I, I'm. They need to rethink what yeah. they're doing. Because, I mean, especially a media crowd will turn on that quickly. I would not be surprised if Triple H and Stephanie McMahon actually get a lot of cheers. That show. Really? You think even... Yeah. Hmm. I think so. Even with Angle. I liked what they did with Angle this week. I will say that. I felt like they finally gave him some back. Because he's been kind of a sniveling kind of character lately. Which I don't understand necessarily why. They never explained it. It doesn't feel like he should need this job. You know, they never did that angle. Because a few years ago, they did this whole thing with Big Show where it's like, well, I need this job. I have to, you know, kiss the boss's ass and do what they tell me. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, did I miss an episode? I doubt it. But (laughs) it just feels like he's way too, like, willing to bend over backwards for Mm -hmm. them. So, and they need to protect his character a little more. Especially if you do want him to get cheered in this match. You know, because Angle is a huge badass. You know, he's an Olympic champion. And he's been portrayed as a badass in the ring many times on WWE. But not recently. Definitely not recently, no. Um, 
you know, and I think it's this weird transition between, you know, like, cause he's playing this almost bumbling, I want to say like in the dark, you know, cause I still don't believe Jason Jordan was actually legitimately even storyline wise supposed to be his son, you know, in the long run. So they were kind of portraying him as like a bumbling buffoon for like buying into everything. So I feel like they have to like, you know, alter the storyline and his character almost to get him back to where he should be, you know, as this wrestling machine badass who, you know, doesn't take shit from anyone. I still know Especially Triple H. Well, that's the thing, too, because you got to figure he's not going to be the general manager after Mania. He's not going to make, you know, Triple H tap out or beat the crap out of him and then keep his job. You know, he's going to get fired. You know, I mean, talk about plot holes. <laughs> you know, like once he says, you guys both are uh, under contract as wrestlers, oh, yeah. so you both have to wrestle WrestleMania. It's like, well, no, we don't because you're fired. You know? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah, when did like, you fire him yeah, you point? just fire him on the spot and say, no, sorry. <laughs> But whatever, that's wrestling logic. We'll let that we'll let that slide. I still believe when someone throws you towards the ropes, you have to bounce off of them. So it's okay. It's wrestling physics. When does that not happen? <laughs> I, it should happen. Okay. If I take you by the arm and try to toss you towards ropes, Christian, do you, can you stop running? I guess. <laughs> yeah. And are you going to bounce back at me? <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. I thought more like, what I don't want to ruin happening in. The I don't want to ruin the show for you. <laughs> but it's fake. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that. Uh, wrestling physics, my friend. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, anything else on Raw? Um, I mean, if you want to continue to talk about uncomfortable smiles, there was Finn Balor just yes smiling the day away. Yes, yes, and I'm sure it's probably the same person. Who got into Rhonda's ear, got into Balor's ear, and mm. told him, hey, you're a handsome baby face. you got to smile more. I'm sure that's what's happening, because he's smiling in the wrong places. Yeah. It comes off very awkward. Miz is cutting a promo on him in the middle of the ring, telling him that he's basically done nothing this year, which is pretty yeah. much true. Preach I mean, the truth. It's not, <laughs> it's not his fault, once again, mm. but regardless. Um, and he's sitting there just kind of smiling through it. You know, looking kind of like an idiot. Yeah. Um, I don't get it. And I, I, the crowd was dead for that whole angle, which was weird. Because they were so hot all night. But, like, for some reason, the crowd was just crickets during that. Um, which isn't what, a good sign. What brought them out in the first week? What was that angle? They were doing the Mizzies. Okay. So the Miz was giving the himself, yes. Yes. <sighs> Hence the golden gear that they're all yeah. wearing and everything. Whatever. And then they had a handicap match. So once again, too, like, uh, the whole club thing seems to be late to rest at this point. Yep. It's like, yeah, you remember we were doing this? And we passed the torch at Raw 25 with DX and everything. Did that even last more than a week? What? The club? After that? Yeah. Uh, He came out uh, during his Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Just kind of walked him to the ring, but then left. They didn't even stay ringside with him. So, and I think he might have, like, teamed up with them against the Revival for a match. And that was really it. 
So we'll see if they show up to get his back. Oh, they came out to help him against the Miztourage. He got jumped by the okay. Miztourage last week. So it did. they did come into play for a little bit. But they're not putting any emphasis on it. It's just No, like no. It's just trying to get a cheap pop and trying mm. to get Balor more over. Which I feel like he's over with the crowd. But whatever. Just his interest alone can make him over with the crowd. Yeah. But yeah. So we'll see where this leads. I feel like one of the two, Rollins or um, Balor, are going to turn heel out of this. I do feel that way. Um, I feel like it's most likely going to be Rollins, though. Yeah. You know, because he, he definitely is a Well, it just doesn't feel like heel. they trust, trust Balor. Exactly. Trust Balor for anything at this point. Just watch some old New Japan. You should trust him. Just let him go. What do you have to lose? It's a three-hour show. <laughs> if it sucks, just bury it. Who cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, I don't get it, but that's just me. I mean, it's made money in the past, right? Come on, you know, it's just hating on things because they're not yours. That's yeah. what it feels like. He didn't create it. Vince didn't create it, so he doesn't want to go with it. That's what it feels like to me. It's just petty. So, but he's he's close to eighty at this point, right? He yeah. Can't have, can't much longer. They keep they keep rumoring rumoring that he's gonna drop the company any moment. It's, it's not gonna happen. No, no, he'll die. One he'll of, die at WrestleMania, like forty or something. <laughs> the middle of the ring. Well, we're still on the road to WrestleMania, so we have to talk fast lane. That's right, and that's this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, and we actually have some of the cards with a small update that just came in. Um, first, Shinsuke Nakamura is set to face off against Rusev. That was just announced. How do you feel about that match? Um, can't wait to hear people boo Nakamura for the first time. Yeah, this seems <laughs> like really poor booking. Because honestly, who's probably one of the most over guys in the company? Rusev. Rusev right now. Um, wasn't Rusev just getting chance at a random uh, ROH show? Yes. Yes. I believe while the Young Bucks were in the ring. I feel like Rusev is getting chance everywhere. Like, wow. It's just the chant right now. It's like <laughs> Daniel Bryan's yes chant before mm-hmm. he was like truly over. You know, people are just loving doing it. So, and that's what it feels like. But it's on the cusp of becoming a real thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the time where they need to actually get behind Rusev. I mean, they were behind him when no one else was. So why not, you know, ride this wave of popularity that he's got and do something with him? It just would make sense. So, but I feel like this is going to be like a, you know, day after WrestleMania where they decide, okay, we're going to go with Rusev now, mm-hmm. you know, and get that pop from the crowd and everything. So, and that's pretty much what happened with Brian because they're acknowledging it. I mean, on, I think it happened during Raw. They started chanting uh, Rusev Day and he was nowhere to be seen. So, I mean, and the, the talent are acknowledging it a little. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, this seems like piss poor booking. Because why are you going to put Nakamura, someone that you want to get behind, you know, and hopefully, you know, in, well, for me, I want to see main events, WrestleMania, um, and have them. <laughs> we'll see, man. We'll see. Happen. He wants to send people home happy. He knows people are going to be booing the shit out of... Uh, of uh, that didn't range. stop them from making that a main event before. Yeah. Well, but then, but they knew that Rollins was going to go. Oh, well, true. So, that's the difference. That was a great moment. That was an awesome <laughs> moment, right? <laughs> that's the difference. You sure. know, and then Undertaker really ended WrestleMania. If you think about it. Yeah, he got the pin 
Reigns got the pin, but Undertaker's the one who came back in the ring, put his hat down, and everything like that. So you ended on that shot. You got to end matter. with a big, a big fan, you know. <laughs> Do you feel like the Undertaker's going to get a, I, a I'm match? pretty positive it's going to be against Cena. I feel like it too, yeah. I don't see any way that he wins. But anyway, let's get into the card. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole yet. We'll get there. So yeah, Nakamura is facing off against Rusev. Nakamura's going to get the win. There's no way he's losing against Rusev before, you know, his big match at WrestleMania. But I feel like Nakamura's going to get a mixed reaction just because he's going mm. against Rusev right now. So I don't understand this booking. Maybe it's just their way of placating fans and trying to get Rusev on the card, you know, since they will be cheering him throughout the entire well, he needed a match as well. pay-per-view, you know? Because mm. um, he hasn't well, done anything. He hasn't even been on SmackDown exactly. for a couple weeks. Like... So that's another thing that's ridiculous about it. So you got someone who's getting chanted left and right, but you're not even featuring him on the show, on the brand that he belongs to. So I Well, mean, I meant Nakamura, but... Nakamura... Well, Nakamura's been in, like, backstage vignettes and stuff like that, but yeah, he's had a few tag things here and there. But, like, Rusev just wasn't even there. You know, he's just getting chants. <laughs> so it's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird booking, but whatever. Um... After that, we've got Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton. Um, and this match, the whole angle is based around the fact that Randy Orton has never held the U.S. title. So it's the only belt that he's never held. Don't forget that he was pretty low on that list as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which they haven't really talked about recently. Yeah. So I think they figured Well, there's out been complaints all over the place about that stupid, stupid list. <laughs> how stupid that list was. Um, yeah, so, but that's basically it. I feel like this is going to be a great match between two awesome workers. Um, I would love to see a double switch, you know, heel and face switch. Because mm. I really feel like Bobby Roode belongs as a heel. I believe I've said it plenty of times before. Um, and I feel like Orton now, I mean, Orton's not really the, the heel in this, even though he's kind of doing heel things. He's still over as crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just want to see Root as a heel when it boils down to it. Yeah, I just, I'm not feeling him as a face. I it doesn't make sense it. to me. It doesn't make so. any sense. He's a cocky, arrogant bastard, you know, who believes he's better than everyone else. Mm. He's a natural heel. So, but yeah. So I, I look forward to the match, though. Just proves the power of the entrance. <laughs> yes, and really, with that music, it's hard for people not to cheer mm. him. It's a great entrance. It really is. Um, after that, we've got the Usos versus the New Day for the tag team uh, titles. And no intersection of another team, right? Not yet. Um, SmackDown is on as we speak. So we the Bludgeon Brothers could be getting added right now. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Or they might be saving that for me. So um, these guys have had an awesome year so far together. They've, you know, wrestled some great matches. So... I don't see why this wouldn't be an oh, yeah. awesome match. Really. They work well together. I mean, yeah. they have great chemistry in and out of the ring. So Yes. I'm interested to see where they take this, though. Like, you know, are you going to get maybe a heel turn here? Like, are you going to do something different to make it interesting? Is this going to carry on to Mania? Because so, right now, besides the Bludgeon Brothers, I don't see who else mm. would be going for those titles. Well, I mean, or, Fashion Files. And that's if they even get... <laughs> I like the Fashion Files. Um, but that's even if they get on the main card. 
Although they did start talking about the fact that the Usos have never actually been on the main media card. Isn't that crazy? Really? Yes. That seems they weren't so... part of the Jeff Hardy like return? I mean, the Hardy's return? No. No? No. Wow. So they've been kind of talking about that, so it makes me feel like they are going to get a match, you know, at Mania finally. Mm-hmm. And they deserve it. You know, I really enjoyed their work this year. I really enjoyed them as a heel, even though they're kind of tweeners now. Mm-hmm. Um, but them as heels have been great. I mean, they've really... I mean, they needed that that whole um, day one-ish thing yes. to happen. Their promos have been great. I mean, the attitude's been great. You know, at first I didn't necessarily buy it, but I'm on board now. They've changed my mind quickly, mm-hmm. you know. And it feels like they've, you know, taken the ball and they've actually run. Because what the fuck do they have to lose, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially when you've been with the company that long, you haven't been on the main card at Mania. And they've That's been tag insane. champs I plenty know. of times. So tells you what they think of the tag titles. Mm. Um, so yeah, so after that, we've got Charlotte versus Ruby Riot. I'm a really big fan of Ruby Riot. So that excites me to see her in that kind of position right now on the main roster. Yeah, and I feel like this is going to be a really good match. Um I'd like to see the chemistry between these two. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen them wrestle one-on-one before. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I mean, there might have been some random She NXT. came up to NXT when Charlotte was on the main roster. Oh, okay. So I don't feel like they've ever actually, you know, had a one-on-one match. Have they had a one-on-one match on TV? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And if I... You know, the difference is, like, they have these, you know, TV matches, and they're, like, three minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. And especially with Ruby's... Um, you know, angle right now where she's got the know, riot squad, the riot squad, which is just horrible, but whatever. Um, you know, behind her, I'm sure it was just a smudge and like people were running in and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see these guys actually go a good like 15, 20 minutes and give them time. I don't know if they'll get that much time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where this is leading to. Does the riot squad interfere? I feel like it mm-hmm. will happen. You know, I'm I'm hoping that this sets up something for Mania because right now Charlotte has nothing. You know, nothing that I can predict for Mania. Um, what would you like to see Charlotte do at Mania? Because she's going to be on the main card. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not negotiable. I'm afraid it's going to be a big match. Like, it's going to be a multi-woman match mm-hmm. with adding in um, Charlotte. Yeah. Where you not Charlotte. Like, uh, Becky. That's what I meant to say. Adding in Becky and the Riot Squad. And, like, it's a, yeah. I, I'm scared of that, too. Like, it's a four-way match mm-hmm. or something. You know, ridiculous. Yeah, I just want to see, especially a caliber wrestler as Charlotte, I want to see in a one-on-one match. I feel like she deserves because that Because they, they love Becky. What, what does she have for me? I would like to see Becky turn. It would be an interesting angle. I, I can't imagine her as heel at the moment. I I would like to see her turn. I like to, I would like to see, maybe even set it up here. You know, have her come out and make the save for Charlotte mm. and then turn around and stab her in the back. That'd be fun. I think that would be cool. Something different. So if it happens, you heard it here first. <laughs> we booked this shit. Um, That's interesting to think about. Charlotte being face and Becky being... Right. Girl. And I'm not a huge fan of Charlotte as a face, you know? Mm. It's kind of like the Bobby Roode thing, yeah. where I she feel like she's a, a natural heel. But yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely... I, it'd be something different. And I feel like Becky needs that right mm. now. She needs to kind of freshen up her character. Because so, she's fantastic. You know, she's got to be... If not my number two favorite female wrestler right now, she's no. going to be my number three. She's top three, at least. 
Um, <coughs> so, but then uh, after that, we got the six pack challenge. Yep, talk about multi people matches, huh? Talk about clusterfucks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a huge clusterfuck. Yep. You know, I mean, it's a hard enough match with six people, but like having it like a title match and like, I don't know, a main event for the title before WrestleMania. There's no gimmick involved, like the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. So it's going to be all six people in the ring at the same time. I and mean, they're all got, great in-ring yes. like in workers. I, I was about to go, yeah. They're all talented workers, but even then, you want everyone to get their moments. You want to make sure that there's enough time. And looking at the card, there's not much of a card here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is, what, one, two, three, four, five matches? I could see this running for an hour. So this could easily be an hour match, mm-hmm. um, which I hope it is because it deserves that much time. I don't know the actual rules of the match. I don't know if it's an elimination match. I kind of hope it is. I like the suspense, you know, when you have an elimination match like this. Well, I feel like it's almost more suspenseful when you don't know who's going to be pinned in the ring. When it becomes, you know, one one pin, that's it. Where they're all constantly having to dive back yeah, in the ring to break it. up a yeah, pin exactly. and everything. Yeah, I. you know what I like? I like that moment, and I, I, God, I hope this wouldn't happen during this match, where the champion goes out early. So when you know that there's going to be a new champion, but you yeah. don't know who it's going to be. No, this is the one match you would Yeah, we're like, oh no! <laughs> yeah, if Styles gets pinned in like the first 10 minutes, oh, I would just turn off my TV. I'd be like, that's <laughs> it. They ruined Mania again. <laughs> um, well, what would be redeemable? Who uh, who other than AJ Styles ooh, winning? We're playing winning. what if now. Yes. God. Owens, I'm a big I'm a big Kevin Owens mm-hmm. fan, you know, and I feel like, you know, he's had some downtime this year, but I feel like he's carried SmackDown this year. So if anyone deserves to be in the main event for SmackDown at Mania, it would be Kevin Owens. Now, I don't see that happening no. at all. But if anyone was to do it, and mm-hmm. when that, if anyone had to walk away with that title other than AJ Styles. I would hope that it would be Kevin Owens. And so. I could still see him putting on a high caliber match with Nakamura. I mean, oh, hell yes. Hmm. Yes, he's very capable of that. You give that guy enough time, yes. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I still want it to be Styles, oh, though. Of course. I need to see Nakamura and Styles. They owe it to me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I have sat through so many shitty SmackDown episodes. I mean, it's been a rough year so far for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. It really has. So I need that match. And I feel like that's going to be like the one match I can hang my hat on for this, for mm-hmm. Mania right now. Um, so I would be super disappointed if I didn't get it. You know, and I think the crowd would just... Oh, yeah. They would shit all over that. Crowd. I mean, it would be great heat for any heel coming out of that, but... Yeah. Especially if they won't see them. <laughs> Could you imagine if like Reigns and like Cena were like in both the main events? Yeah, I mean you wouldn't need a heel turn for Cena. No, that would just no. be. And he kind of feels heelish right now. 
You know, they do this thing with Cena once in a while where they kind of have him acting like a heel without being really a heel. Yeah. Knowing that he's going to get booed anyway. You know, just his way of kind of like weaseling into this match. I know he pins Styles, you know, fair fair and square in the ring. But, you know, the way he kind of like, well, I'm going to get on the card regardless. You know, it's kind of whiny, you know, shit fit that he threw yeah. to get on the card. I don't know. So it was, it was kind of heelish. And then even... Him, like, kind of playing to the crowd at Raw. The fact that he came on Raw to talk about it instead of SmackDown seemed kind of belittling to SmackDown to me. And the fact that he was like, well, I don't want anyone to interrupt me. And then he was like, well, and hey, guys, if, you know, for some reason I win and, you know, Styles can always, you know, challenge me and we can have a three-way. So come on, guys, cheer me. So, I mean, they knew, they knew booking that, you know, that that would sound awful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, we I like to think that they knew. That. I would <laughs> hope so. Cena smart enough on the mic to know uh, what that sounds like. Um, um, I did like the aspect when he mentioned, you know, this would be like the first time in so and so many years that he would never be on, like he had wouldn't be on a WrestleMania. I like that kind of aspect where it's like it's desperation, but it's hurting a lot of other talent. Here's another two, another aspect of them kind of booking him heel without booking him heel. The fact that he actually brought up he would be breaking the record. Exactly. Um, that, too. Mm-hmm. that was a cute. I was like, oh, yeah, you brought that up. The fact that he would now, you know, pass Ric Flair for the most championships, even though he's not really. Flair's like in the 20s, but they're not counting some of those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying that, you know, I'll be the seven-time, you know, world champion. That's That's pretty, you know, in your face. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. So I definitely feel like Undertaker's still in the cards mm. right now. I feel like he's not going to, you know, obviously walk away with the title. I don't know if Undertaker shows up at Fastlane. I don't know if it happens on the Raw afterwards. Um, but I feel like Undertaker is going to be involved now. So it would bring a lot of life to the Fastlane if Undertaker showed up. It would. I can tell you that. It would. And I do feel like it's, a, you know, top to bottom, really looking at it, even though there's not much hype going into mm. it, it's a solid card. I mean, yes. there's going to be good matches. There's not really a dog of a match on here at all. So, I mean, it's going to be a good wrestling, you know, show. Well, I don't see WWE telling me or giving me matches that are going to just blow my mind compared to what I would see in, like, New Japan, where I can go in and I'm going to know that these matches are going to be so great that I don't give a damn about the story. You know, I feel like the wrestlers can uphold that if they're they given the time. Exactly. So it's really just about the wrestlers because every single one of these wrestlers are all extremely talented. Mm. You know, but it's the problem we have with the WWE right now. They have a great roster. They're just not doing anything with them. Mm. So, I mean, I feel like they could put on that kind of show if they really wanted to, you know, easily. But it's just being booked the right way and getting enough time. You know, it is nice to see a small card, but that makes me think, like we were saying, that that six-pack challenge is just going to be like an hour long. You still have two hours, though, mm-hmm. then for four matches. So I, I, there's got to be something added in here. Yeah. Or some stupid commercial. <laughs> like a KFC, someone else is going to be the colonel. <laughs> do, do, we get the Rus- do we get Rusev as the colonel? I feel I want to see Rusev as the colonel. Hasn't he tried out to be? I don't know, but I feel like he should be. I now I'm gonna have that. to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Did they used to do a musical performance every pay per view? 
When? Like in the 90s or something like that? Well, no. I, I, I feel like I remember whenever I would see a pay-per-view, but I used to only watch the big four because that's all... Like, I could convince my The bigger ones they would have, you know, usually, like, Mania always has mm-hmm. someone getting, you know, uh, their entrance music played live. Um, but not, no, no SummerSlam. they'll have, SummerSlam. Like there's always a theme, but there's a theme to all the, like, the paper. No, like, if you look at any WrestleMania the last, like, five, it's, like, the person who made the theme song comes out. And yeah, does, performs it at one yeah, point, like no, halfway through for Mania, but not for the paper. Yeah, I know. yeah, but what I'm saying is, there's always a like you know this you know pay per view is brought to you by blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, like they'll do a song that's the 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 theme of the pay per view, but not a performance. Gotcha. So, but yeah, um, SummerSlam will get that too once in a while. You know, SummerSlam is still considered like the second biggest pay per view, mm-hmm. even though to me it's Rumble. You know, I get a lot more excited for the Rumble than I do SummerSlam. Well, definitely, because it's, it's leading up to me. Yes, it's right? It's setting me thinking, it's Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's that anticipation of not knowing who's going to show up and everything. So, yeah, no, I get, I'm more of a Rumble guy than I am a mm-hmm. SummerSlam guy. So, but, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for uh, the sports. So, so we both have styles? You want to yes. predict these matches? Sure. Let's do it. Off the cuff. Bobby Roode versus uh, Randy Orton. Who do you have going over? Oh, Orton, for sure. I'm going to say Bobby Roode. I'm going to say this is going to end up going to Mania. Well, I think it's going to go to Mania either way, but I You think it's going to be Roode chasing? Walking it, yeah. Okay. I think Roode does something dastardly here. And, you know... I don't put it past him. It's going to be... We've seen it before, right? <laughs> uh, um, and it's going to be Randy chasing after Rude. Don't forget uh, Nakamura versus Rusev, because that was the first match. Yes, yes. Well, I don't know if it's actually that's the order of it, but well, yeah. yeah. Um, Nakamura, obviously. Yeah. Right. You, are you going Rusev Day? I mean, it could always... <laughs> Sunday Rusev Day? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Does um, Rusev get in the uh, main event of Mania? <laughs> I hope they don't do anything dumb where they have Nakamura go up. No, it's Nakamura Day or something. Oh, God. Yeah. No. <laughs> That'd be horrible. That'd be the worst thing to Just happen. shoot him in the foot like before, <laughs> before he gets a chance. Um, all right. So we both have Nakamura. You've got Orton, and I've got Rude. Mm. All right. Usos versus New Day. Is the, Who's the champion again for Ted? The Usos. I see Usos winning. Yeah, I see Usos winning, too. That that title's been those titles have been kind of hot potato lately, mm. so I think Usos retain. Um, Charlotte versus Ruby Riot. <sighs> That's a hard one. Um, I keep going back and forth, and I really I want to see uh, Ruby win. I want to see her win, go into Mania, and have um, Charlotte, Charlotte chasing. Chasing, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if that's one that. way. I mean, if you had to, because she doesn't have an opponent right. And that belt's getting defended on the card. Especially with like how behind the women's division they are right now and how big they're into Charlotte. Um, that's a different way to book this. To continue this feud. If they're mm-hmm. going to go with this feud. So I could see that. I could see Ruby Riot for the upset. I'm going to say Ruby Riot for the upset. She takes the belt. I mean, it'd be, go in there. It'd be a spice. It'd be something new, you know? I'm going to go there. Because I feel like Everything else is pretty predictable on this card, mm-hmm. you know, even the main event. So I'm going to say Ruby Riot wins the right. All right. Um, Six-pack challenge. Uh, I think it's going to be booked in a way where Cena is going to look like he's going to win 
by the end of the match, it'll be Styles. <laughs> I 100% agree. They're going to fuck with us again. Oh, yeah. You know, smart booking. They're going to get you on the edge of your seat. Mm. It's going to be Cena. If it is an elimination match, um, or it's going to be everyone else's out, you know, um, around the ring. I hope there's and at it's least gonna be one Styles. power bomb to the apron. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, it's going to be Styles and Cena. And Cena's going to be about to hit the AA. And, you know, Styles is going to get the clash on him. Especially after he put over Cena on SmackDown a couple weeks back. Yes. Yes. Got Piss it. poor booking. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, I agree 100%. Just had Cena steamrolling over everyone. Well, especially after weeks of losing. Mm. To have him show up to SmackDown and just, you know, beat the champ like that. Just makes everyone look weak. Mm. It really does. But anyway, <laughs> enough about bitching about wrestling. Do you see... Sorry, before... Okay, well, one, let, one, let, one, let's bitch a little longer. It's cool. One more thing. I didn't know you were going to end it right there. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Do you see um, Sammy and Owens having a turn? You see Owens turning face, face and Sammy maybe. Oh, you're talking about Mania? Yeah. Um, Both. I don't know. It's kind of wait and see because I still don't know what they're doing with the whole Brian and uh, McMahon angle. So <laughs> they, you know, unless we miss something tonight as mm. we speak, um, that's still up in the air. I feel like they're going to be booked in whatever those two are doing at Mania. All right. So, so if they're doing anything, tied. all right, that makes so sense. So I feel like yeah. that's what's going to end up happening. So which, like I said, if. If it means I get Brian in the ring, I'm satisfied with that. Because <laughs> six months ago, I didn't think we were going to see it again, at least in WWE. So, but yeah. So Dolph Ziggler's winning. <laughs> <laughs> he supposedly got a huge contract. Huh. Supposedly he got a big contract. So why? I, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. At this Just, point, why? He's a talented guy. He really is. But. He is someone who needs to follow the blueprint that Cody Rhodes has taken. Mm. You know, that, you know, he just cut ties, you know, leave the company, reinvent yourself, do your own thing. Because, man, that guy would make serious money, Mm. you know, on the indie scene and in New Japan or ROH. He would make so much. He could just reinvent himself, you know, and come back. He's still young enough where he can come back in a couple years and WWE would finally, you know, take him seriously. Yeah. So, it just, they've done so much damage to that character at this point, where I'm just sick of it. So, I don't know. No, that's just me. I mean, it's not just you, I agree. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. I mean, I can imagine, I can imagine enjoying seeing him go against Omega, and seeing those two oh, sell yeah. against each other. Yeah. That's just, <laughs> sounds yeah. like a fun and a great time. I just want Dolph to get a few more offensive moves because I feel like all he does is sell <laughs> uh-huh. half the damn time. But yeah, no, I agree. Sell, I sell, agree. sell, famous or sell, sell, sell. Pretty much. Super kick. <laughs> super kick. Super kick, sorry. Super kick, Because I want to be HBK. Yes, so bad. <laughs> With every fiber of his being, he wants to be Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. So are we done? Yes, we're done. We're done bitching about wrestling. Let's move on. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Vince. And we're from the Nick and Vince Podcast, where we talk about arts, movies, comic books, history, science, really anything pop culture related. But we also have... Well, also we have occasional guests, like podcasters, authors, and comedians. Well, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. You can also like our Facebook page, Nick and Vince 
Podcasts and follow us on Twitter. And now, back to Christian and Damon's amazing nerd show. So, I saw Annihilation this weekend. So did I. Well, I saw it on Monday, but yes. All right. Well, let's... Should we talk Annihilation? Let's talk a little Annihilation. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give us a small summary. We're going to try not to be huge on spoilers for this Mm. one, just because I feel like it's something that you have to see for yourself. Um, And it's really something that I don't think a review, a full spoiler review, will do justice for. It's that kind of movie. Mm. So let's go into a summary. Lena, a professor of cellular biology and former U.S. soldier, is mourning the loss of her husband, Kane, who hasn't returned from a special ops mission in over a year. When Kane mysteriously reappears with no memory of the mission, he becomes violently ill, and they are both taken into custody by the government. Lena awakens in a research compound on the edge of a coastal region that was hit by a meteor. It's here that she discovers that Kane was part of one of many research teams exploring this area called the Shimmer, none of whom have ever returned. After Kane slips into a coma, Lena volunteers to join a new team of researchers and sets out to unlock the mystery of the now expanding Shimmer and hopefully help her husband. It was an interesting film. How did you feel about it? I'll let you read. I. I left the theater feeling good about it, but at the same time, I was like, I kind of predicted and saw every little aspect that was coming. Throughout. Nothing really surprised me. Nothing really took me like, like, oh, I'm, wow, this really happened. And I was like, I was just kind of like, okay, I get this. I get where this is going. Here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this. So you kind of felt like it was predictable? Yeah. What okay. Okay. What did you enjoy? Um, what I enjoyed about it was mostly... Like, I liked the team dynamic. I liked how they were when they entered the Shimmer, when they were uh, questioning what they're doing, you know, trying to figure out their plan, not knowing what, like, how many days they've been there. The little aspects of that, I thought they should play a whole lot more, by the way, on the whole, I don't know how long we've actually been here aspect. Mm -hmm. The fact that they woke up four days later and they were like, I don't remember a single thing. But then the rest of it felt like, oh, they know exactly where they are and what time Like they is. should have been a little more like disorientated yeah, by that. Not, not to spoil it, but it's just like, yeah. exactly. And we're going to do the best we can yeah. without spoiling <laughs> the entire movie so you could see I like yourselves. the team dynamic a lot. Okay. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed this movie um, to a certain point. Mm. I'll say that. I felt like it was a classic sci-fi piece. Mm. Um, and I always, I love good sci-fi, you know, I don't feel like we get it much lately. Um, you know, for me, like, you know, a good science fiction film always has that like subtext underneath it where it's like, you know, got a really nice, like social commentary going. Um, it really always like too, like it gets like philosophical at times Mm. also. And it has those like multi-layers going on. I felt like this film had that, um, where not only was I trying to predict what was going to happen, you know, but I was trying to, at the same time, like, well, what do they mean by this? What are they trying to get at? What was the message that they're going to try to convey? I like that it's open to interpretation. You know, that's the kind of film I like. I like a movie where you come out of the theater with more questions than answers. 
you know, I don't want everything spelled out to me. And a lot of sci-fi films nowadays, they have to answer everything and explain mm. everything. And I don't like that. I like mystery. And I felt like this was a solid mystery throughout. Yes, there were some tropes through the movie where I was like, okay, I've kind of seen this before. I kind of felt like, you know, this is where they're going with this. And it proved, you know, right at certain times. But it was still entertaining to me. Um, yeah, it was gorgeous. Like, the movie itself. Oh, yeah. It looked was, beautiful. You, like, especially once they entered the Shimmer. It was it was beautiful. Um, this is by Alex Garland, who did Ex Machina. Mm. Um, he also wrote the scripts for um, uh, Sunshine and 28 Days Later. And 28 Weeks Later, I believe, mm. too. Um, I love all three of those movies. So I, I was really excited about this movie once I saw his name attached. I don't feel like the trailers did this movie any justice. I feel like they kind of played the horror aspect up a lot. Yeah. You know, in the trailer where, you know, yes, it did have, you know, horror elements into it. But I felt like that wasn't... If you're going to this movie expecting, you know, more of a horror movie, I think you would probably leave disappointed. That's true, but at the same time, I see where they were trying to sell it. Yeah, I understand the marketing. Mm. I just think it's piss poor marketing, <laughs> you know, because I feel like there are there's a fan base out there. Yeah, for sci-fi, especially after films like Arrival. That yes, right, or uh, was it Interstellar? Exactly. You know, I, I loved Interstellar. Mm. This to me was, you know, how can I describe? I feel like this was. It was a great mix between um, Body Snatchers and uh, 2001. You know, it had both kind of, you know, mm. elements and, you know. It's funny that you say it that way. I was going actually on. thinking, like, this is right in between Aliens and um, Arrival, which I, I don't think. You know, I haven't seen Arrival. No, I have not. You would seen love Arrival. Just based I've on what you've been just meaning described to, to me, check you out. Love yeah, it. Arrival. So um, that's really what, like, the theme wise, mm. you know, I felt like it had that. Um, I enjoyed all the characters in this. I think all the performances were great. I particularly liked Jennifer Jason Lee's performance. Yeah. She had a very interesting character. She was creepy. Oh. I felt like she was <laughs> creepy. Um, like, did you notice, like, all the weird hand shit that she was doing in the beginning? Like, whenever she was talking to Natalie Portman's character, Lena, she was, like, just, she could not stop fidgeting with her hands to the point where I was like focusing on her hands and like part of me too because I could kind of see where they were going with the interrogation room sequence um you know not to give too much away where I was almost looking for Lena to start doing the hand Mm -hmm. stuff um it was just a very odd character choice but a cool character choice I really enjoy when character actors do things like that um because I it got me into that character and focusing on that where it could be very like by the numbers mm. that kind of character um i i really enjoyed those little like aspects of you know the performance that she brought you know she she was very stoic you know but she had heart at the same time uh tessa thompson was awesome in this you know mm. great great performance by her very subtle um i also enjoyed gina rodriguez a lot um and Oscar Isaacs, I mean, he did what the performance called for. Yeah. It's a very small role. It's a very small role, but I felt like it was a weighty role, too, in the beginning. It really sets up a lot. Mm. He was pretty creepy, you know, <laughs> when he does return. 
Um, I enjoy that. There's a little like astronaut, like wives type feel going on to mm. that. I loved what I liked about this movie was there was callbacks to other films, but I felt like it wasn't too over the head. You know, like they weren't beating you over the head with it. Um, I felt like they definitely were like paying homage to like the thing at one point. Um, you know, there's a scene where they're all like tied on, tied down to chairs. I love that scene. Yes. That was probably so, my favorite scene in the entire film. Yes, yes. It was very much the thing. Mm. You know, I brought up Body Snatchers before, you know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's definitely that aspect going on. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of really cool callbacks. Um, Event Horizon. Have you ever seen Event Horizon? I'm not aware if I have or not. Okay. It's a great late 90s sci-fi movie um, that definitely toes the line between sci-fi and horror. Mm. But it's well worth a watch. I cannot recommend Event Horizon more. And it's very underrated. So if you haven't seen Event Horizon, go see Event Horizon. I definitely felt like this movie was influenced um, by Event Horizon. There's a scene where they find a video camera and they uh, play back, you know, something that that was being recorded Mm. by a team that Oscar Isaac was part of um, prior to. And they show this horrific, horrific scene, which felt very much like an Event Horizon um, scene. Uh, But, you know, not exactly, not in every aspect of what was happening. It just, you know, something that happened in that movie that was just, you know, super memorable. And I felt like this was kind of on par with that. I liked how they worked the suspense in this movie i love the score in this movie also it was subtle it didn't lead you um there's definitely you know some big jump scares that happens in this movie but you don't know that they're coming you know which i like i like it when they catch you completely off oh, yeah. guard you know like just... the very first one uh the yes swamp scene yes uh it was definitely like i it was just completely out of nowhere. It was just immediate snap out of nowhere. Yes, it was very right. fun. Yes, um, but then when they did tease you with it, um, we'll we'll just call him the uh, skull bear, the bear skull. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I loved everything about the skull bear. So I, you know, I'm all for the skull bear. I want the skull bear to have his own movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want skull bear merch. I want the action figure. I honestly think this environment would make a very great video game as well. Really. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see that, definitely. Um, so, but yeah, so, wh- I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Because um, we don't want to ruin it for everyone. It's very <laughs> difficult. Because this is a movie that needs to be seen on the big screen, also. I know that the United States and China are the only people who are getting this movie in the theaters right now. Everywhere else around the world is getting this on Netflix. Netflix. Which I just feel like is just not going to do this movie justice. This is a big screen movie. This is mm-hmm. a theater movie. You know, you really need to, especially like with the cinematography as good as it is, you need to see this film, you know, on the big screen. A minimum of a 60 inch 40, 4K TV. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know? Or a really awesome TV. <laughs> so, but yeah, we don't want to give too much away because I feel like if you start, you know, peeling those layers of the mm-hmm. onion, I feel like, you know, there's not much. It is a movie where it, it you will walk out of the theater and if you're with a group of people, you will be having a discussion instantly about, you know, what you feel like the movie meant, um, 
what you got out of the movie and where you think the movie was going. Now, what did you have issue with in this film? I know you talked about it being kind of, you feeling you felt like it was kind of predictable. Uh, yeah, it was very, for me, it was very paint by numbers at times where it's just mm-hmm. like, especially um, when we get towards the third act, <coughs> I was just like, okay, this kind of just set itself up to be exactly just. Um, I heard people complain about the pacing of the movie. I actually enjoyed the pacing of the movie. It's a slow burn movie, but I felt like I never was bored, you know, at any points. Um, I enjoy the slow. I, I love slow burn movies. Yeah. I'm a fan oh, of seventies like film in general. So and those are all slow burn, mm. you know, because there was no rules in Hollywood then. Um, so it was really, you know, I can I can handle a three to four hour. Film. Yes, I, gonna... yes. So I enjoy this, but it's got to be well paced. I felt like this was well paced for that. Um, I could I could see pacing issues. Really, for sure. I enjoy. I enjoyed it. I don't know. I didn't have a problem with it. Um, my problem was with the third act. Um, I felt like it was maybe five to ten minutes long. Mm. Um, a beautiful scene. You know, everything, you know, there was eye candy. But um, once you kind of got into the main, like, you know, portion of that third act, I just felt like it kind of went on and on to the point where I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Let's move on. Mm. And then I was also disappointed with the ending of it. I felt like, okay, well, I've seen this before. <laughs> You know, so that was, that was the one thing, you know, I loved the journey. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily like where I got to, you know, just, and and not, I shouldn't say that because I, I enjoy movies like that, Mm -hmm. you know, that gotten to that point. I'm being super vague right now, (laughs) but, um, I just was expecting more of a twist. When you, when you have a film that's that plays that way like the way that they did this film was they have it they show you basically this is where this character is now pretty much after everything that's happened yes and then it goes you want that payoff to be real big especially if you already know where the destination leads to that's just how these films kind of go that's how that kind of storytelling is yes and that right away when they showed her um in the you know uh room with all the government agents and hazmat suits I was like, okay, so you're telling us, but you know, sometimes they'll they'll play with that a little, where that's not really, you know, where mm-hmm. they end up, you know, like you know, you'll get the past, and then you'll get back to that room, and then the movie goes on for another like five minutes. Yeah. So, um, but I agree because that is a big risk that you made because then you know, well, when they're in the shimmer, then there's really no risk to this character because I know that she ends up to this point, you know. So I definitely agree with that. That is definitely, you know, Well, I mean, they were bold enough to, like, name each character that's going to go in. Right? And I was like, like, when they're doing it, I was like, why are you giving me spoilers? (laughs) 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 What are you doing? Now, this is actually based off of a set of three books called Annihilation, and it's by Jeff Vandermeer. Um, But I'm guessing what what I've heard was they actually kind of merge all three books together. So this story is actually drawn out between three books. So I'm actually curious to go back and read those books now to see, like... Do you think... Because there was only, what, three chapters in the film, correct? Yeah, but I'm wondering if those were, you know, different books. You know, not necessarily chapters. So I'm curious to go back and read because they're all very critically acclaimed books. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I really... Overall, I enjoyed the the movie a lot and I, Alex Garland is going to be 
you know, one of the big filmmakers of this generation. Mm. I feel like it's safe to say at this point, you know, I feel like everything that he touches is going to be like, I mean, just with the screen, you know, the scripts that he's written mm. at this point, um, you know, everything that he's touched really, you know, has been a success. So, I mean, I know this movie's not doing well in the box office. It, unfortunately, is going up against Black Panther. Exactly, yeah. So, it, it doesn't sound like the studio was super behind it. Um, I didn't see much marketing for it. Um, what Paramount did with the whole Netflix thing seems odd. Mm. Uh, I heard rumors that they actually tried to get him to reshoot the ending. That uh, through test screening and everything, the studios weren't satisfied with the ending and I don't know what exactly what it was. I, I'm suspecting I know. <laughs> Probably the same qualms yeah, I'm exactly. having with the ending. Right. Um, so I guess that they wanted to, you know, change the ending. But he stuck to his guns. You know, to, I mean, which I think is great, you know, as an artist. Hmm. You don't want to see your work, you know, corrupted by other people. So I, I can't imagine how hard that would be for other directors who don't have that kind of clout, you know, to say no. Mm. so um but yeah yeah so it's been an interesting road for this movie to get to the big screen but i feel like it's the kind of movie that's going to stick around um you know and be you know talked about for you know years to come and it's a movie i know i will revisit i can definitely see it becoming kind of like a cult film not a exactly one especially like being part of his career because Mm -hmm. i feel like he's gonna go on to even bigger things so I feel like it's something that people are going to always, you know, recall and, you know, it's going to be something that's going to be in like a film school where people are like, you know, talking about, you know, like, okay, this week we're talking about Annihilation. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I have a lot of high hopes for Alex Garland, as you can tell, mm. as a director. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I w- what would you grade this movie? Five star ratings. What would you uh, give it? I'm going to give it a three and a half. That's hilarious. Because I'm totally going to give it a three and a half. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I would probably give it more of a four if it wasn't, my issue wasn't the end of the movie. Mm. You know, if it had, I would almost want it more open, the ending. I I mean, though, this type of film definitely lends itself to an open ending. Yeah. And I think. I feel like they went for that. They wanted you to feel like it was more open, but definitely. It's not. not open. Yeah, <laughs> I really... And I would love to hear people actually, mm. you know... Oh, if you have any thoughts... Yeah, you know, let us comments. know if you disagree with the third act, mm. you know, with you know, with it not being open, but kind of felt like I knew where they're going. Mm. Once again, we're super vague. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would love to hear from you. So if you have a different opinion of where the movie was going, but yeah, no, I just... I mean, what did you think about the different themes? this movie um like i felt like one of the big like prevailing themes through this whole film was you know just humanity's nature to self-destruct like was something that was going you know throughout the whole with the team and everything Mm. you know even with the aspect of refraction where it's it's copying everything from our world and um like kind of uh bringing it and just bring it into a different light, evolving yeah. and creating something new was I love that aspect. Well, having something old still mm-hmm. there, you know, and like it, how creepy were those scenes where you had like the mirroring, you know, with the animals, 
yeah. where you'd have one that was kind of this twisted, demented version next to this, like, one that was, like, this almost, like, beautiful, like, you know, like, creation. Mm. Um, I thought that was very well done. Um, like I said, this is a beautiful movie to, like, watch. I mean, I, I would go back and revisit this movie just for the eye candy alone. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... I know this is a movie where I'm going to be calling out things that I missed left and right, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that thing. I thought mm. that was, you know, well done um, and different, you know, it's something that I haven't seen necessarily in a sci-fi movie in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's throughout the entire film. Yes. Even like going into her past and her life. It's, it's straight through. Yes. Yes. But they weren't too like heavy handed with it either, you know, which I, no. which I enjoyed, you know? It, it it's a hard it's a hard line though to walk mm. you know because there's a point where you get almost like preachy you know and you could really turn off an audience but I felt like he really towed that line well mm. but yeah yeah so I I really thought this was a entertaining interesting movie you know to go see and it's definitely worth seeing it in the theaters so if really... I did have another complaint okay I just came to my mind. I didn't buy her, like, relationship problems with uh, her husband. I didn't buy, like, their, like, their struggle and the different... I could see that because I didn't really know enough about the mm. relationship, so I didn't know why there were those issues. Especially, like, if, if you know what it's like to be in the military and the army, and you know what it's like to be separated, especially since this isn't his first, like, leaving mm. yeah. and stuff like that. But you, like... I I don't also know I, I what don't know, else is I don't going know. on. I'm trying not to spoil it. Yes. <laughs> time. This conversation is... I don't know how entertaining it is. But <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one we'll continue off mic. But it is definitely... like I feel like you don't know enough about the mm-hmm. relationship for that element of the story. You know, the problems that going on between them that they show through flashback um, to really hold much weight. I get why it's there. You know, I feel like there's a certain amount of guilt that she's going through when her husband comes back. Um, and I think that's part of the mourning process that we're kind of seeing because she's in a state of mourning throughout mm-hmm. this whole film, even when he's back. Um, but, you know, I feel like that's supposed to kind of drive home, you know, why she's making the choices that they that she's making. Because really, they jump into the shimmer and, like, it really seems like everyone's kind of you know mm. at this hopeless point they're all kind of damaged you know characters at this point i th- you fix that problem for me w- with real easy you just tell me that he was there as part of the first group from the three years not mm. just the one year okay that 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 would solve it a lot for see, me. see and i don't know and this is one of those things where i don't know if i need it like necessarily spelled out to me like i see what you're saying but i yeah i don't know I don't know if I need it. Like, but I've heard people complain about that. About that. Like, they didn't want that scene in there at all. Well, I was like, well, it carries some weight. I don't oh, no. feel like it needs, it needs, needs to, to be, on the, be on the editing floor. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I had no problem with the scene. I just had a problem with her uh, motivations a little bit. Yeah. Like, give me more of those two interacting, mm. maybe. You know, just a little bit more. A little less of the dancing that kind of took place, you know, at the end of the movie and a little more of the, you know, those two together as a couple. So, yeah, I can agree with that. So we both said, you said three and a half? Yes. Okay, I'm going three and a half also. Go see this movie. 
<laughs> Get your own opinion. Yeah, and you know what? DM us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear feedback if you disagree with us or agree with us. At me, man. Yes. Alright, so we started this episode talking about Luke Cage. We have plenty of other Marvel Netflix shows to get through. Uh, Jessica Jones starts this week. I am more than excited. I am, like, ecstatic to see Jessica Jones return because I love the first season. Yeah, I gotta say, Jessica Jones is probably one of my favorite Mm. of the Marvel Netflix shows. You know, it's probably one and two, like, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, oh, Punisher now. I know. So it's hard. I mean, it really is. <laughs> They've got some good shows, though, right? Well, it's, it a, starts, good, it's a good problem to have. You know? It started with, like, Daredevil had that typical kind... Not typical, but very well-done superhero origin-type story played out in front of yes. you. Yes. And then you have Jessica Jones that's just completely different. Yes. Completely but awesome. But awesome. But awesome. A and that's exactly the air. same reasons why I was in love with Punisher. Yes. For the exact same reasons. Because it wasn't just... A typical superhero drama put out. Or a typical Punisher story. That either. It's not what I was expecting for Punisher, but that's another episode (laughs) completely. (laughs) But yeah, I was was a huge fan of the Punisher series because it was different. And Jessica Jones is along those lines. It's so different. It's refreshing to Mm. see. Um, But another great, you know, female representation being on the screen. Um, for Marvel. And really, I'll make the argument it's the first really, you know, well done, mm. you know, female on the screen for Marvel, even though I know people say, well, it's a small screen, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I think it is groundbreaking oh, in its yeah. own way. So, and it's a real mm. like, It deals you know, with real issues, not exactly, just... Exactly. She feels real. She resonates as a character. Mm. Um, yeah, And I can't say enough about the first season of Jessica Jones. If you haven't seen it, binge it this week before season two drops oh, i should start watching it shouldn't i just i feel like again? i need to catch up exactly. yeah as i'm saying this <laughs> i'm like do i have enough time well what do we know about season two so i will read the little blurb that they've given us um and we'll talk about the trailers that they've dropped i really feel like though that they haven't had as much marketing behind this no, season right not at all and I hope that's not like a, you know, a sign of anything. Because I feel like they really haven't been... I'm hoping it's huge more... Like Punisher had all this marketing behind it. And all the other, you know, shows. Mm-hmm. And maybe because this is the second season of it, they don't feel like they need to push it. That yeah, I'm hoping it's confidence. I'm hoping it's, we don't need to sell this as hard. Yes, right? Like, this shit sells itself. Mm-hmm. It's Jessica Jones, people. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> So, but, uh, all right. So Jessica Jones, a New York City private investigator, Jessica Jones, is beginning to put her life back together after murdering her tormentor, Kilgrave. Now known throughout the city as a superpower killer, a new case makes her reluctantly confront who she really is while digging deeper into her past to explore the reasons why. So we are going to get our origin story for Jessica because they didn't really touch upon it. I mean, they kind of gave us the backstory, but it was just all spoken. Mm. We didn't get really many flashbacks. That's more just her just pushing it off. Um, you know, you want to talk about the trailer? Um, the trailer definitely was interesting because it's showing like, oh, this, there's more to it. There's more. There's more than just her that went through what she went through. Um, yes. There's yes. more to it than just the purple man, you know, being her problem, you know? Although he's there. You do get a hint of the purple man. You get purple lighting and a ha- and some hands in the screen. You get a I clap. I don't think it's him. You get a clap. I think it's him, but I think it's a flashback. 
I think she's still, you know, dealing with that. You know, you don't get mm. over that. You know, she definitely is still a damaged character. Mm. You know, we're seeing her doing a whole lot of drinking in, you know, all the teasers for this. Um, but it's definitely playing off of her exploring her past yeah. and, you know, how she became who she is now. So it's different than the origin of the comic book character, Jessica Jones. Now, Jessica Jones, the comic book character, wasn't an accident where her whole family dies. She's in a coma. Um, typical Marvel fashion. It was like a military like convoy or something like that. Some chemicals mm. poured on her. She wakes up from the coma with powers. <laughs> so that is the Jessica Jones origin in the comic books. Uh, she also goes to the high school that Peter Parker does. And she actually knows Peter Parker as, you know, a teenager. Mm. And watching Spider-Man fight a villain is how she gets inspired to take action and, you know, become a hero herself. So um, that's Jessica Jones in the comic book. Um, the adult Jessica Jones is very much the Jessica Jones that we get, you know, in the Netflix series. Yeah. So that is like pretty much true to form. What Bendis has on the page is what we're seeing on the screen, you know, which is great. This is a pure Bendis character. This is his creation. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big, you know, uproars was when Bendis was leaving Marvel was like, who's going to write Jessica Jones? Because it's only been him. I know I freaked out. You know, so, um, you know, him and Miles, you know, everyone was like, well, you know, who's going to write Miles Morales? What does this mean for those two characters? Are they still going to be in the forefront of Marvel? Um, which, you know, I'm glad to say it seems like they still have, you know, big plans for both of those characters, which is great um, because they are they're groundbreaking characters, both mm -hmm. of them. So but yeah, so I I thought the whole aspect of exploring her past and really kind of diving into those demons and her having to like kind of tackle them head on mm. um, was interesting. Um, we'll see where it goes. I'm, I, we don't know who the villain is. Yeah. So far, I'm sure. I'm hoping that it's not just some you know lab rat, you know, some mad scientist guy. Um, it feels like she's facing off you know, facing off against someone who has similar powers. There's there's a murderer, mm. you know, out there who might actually have similar powers to her own. It seems like that's what I got that's, from the I'm trailer. I'm definitely reading the same thing. It's because it's a case that she's taking on. Yes. So yes. that's, I mean, that's good. It's 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that, you know, they don't run into the same problem that some of the Netflix shows have where they kind of run out of story. Um, beforehand, I mean, they didn't run into the, the first season. I felt like the third, the mm. first season did a well, a, a really good job with. You know, I think you you get the, the ability the to play up the mystery aspect of what's going on a mm -hmm. lot. Whereas, like the beginning, it's her trying to figure out who this person is, what's the problem, what's the uh, what's going on, and then you get to build on the villain. You know what, though, I will say this: I feel like this show does lead itself to like lend itself to like that like you know case of the week kind of vibe mm. too like i wouldn't mind to see like a one-shot episode 
of this where she like tackles a different case. I don't see them different. doing it like that, but I would love that. Yeah, show. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing mm-hmm. that. Like you know, something just like off. You know, where there's still elements of like the main story going on, but like she tackles a different case or something like that. I could definitely just see that going forward. Like especially like. I don't see that in this season from what they yeah. showed us. Well, I'm not saying every episode, but I could see them taking like a mini break, like mm. in the middle of the season where like she kind of goes off the beaten track and, you know, runs into a different case. Yeah, but they have that Netflix mentality where there's, there's you know, you're the story through it. It's what story, <laughs> you know? That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, I, well, they did kind of do that with the whole, uh, the nuke thing. I know that's not the name of the character in the in the actors, but that's who the character was supposed to be. The whole military soldier who uh, gets the powers. And which what show are we talking about? Jessica Jones. Military soldier. Oh, oh, yeah. yes. They 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 had a few I episodes there. That. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but he he becomes important a little bit later. He on, does. Right? He does. But yeah, yeah. So, but I um, it also looks like we're gonna get maybe Hellcat. They're playing around with the idea. Right? They say, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Patsy Walker, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She, uh, she's, she's in the voiceover. You know, they show her kicking some ass in an alley, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in Hell's Kitchen. She probably. was training in the previous season. She was, and they definitely were sh- strongly hinting, you know. I wouldn't be surprised um, if she goes to Colleen Wing's, uh, dojo. Grab those claws <laughs> from what's her name. Uh-huh. Um, oh God, I hope we don't get the night. I don't want to see her. She doesn't. I don't think she has a. Did she show up? Did she show up in Jessica Jones? Yeah, she's in the first season. I feel like she's in all the seasons, right? Believe so, except for Punisher. She doesn't. Oh no, does she show up in Punisher? No, she doesn't. Not in Punisher. Okay, all right. Like, like that's the only show that. What's the actress's name? Uh, Rosario Dawson. Yes. Yes. Great actress. Mm. Cool character. I just feel like she's been kind of forced in all these series. I really don't need her in this one. I see her coming back in Luke Cage season two. Oh yeah, integral. I think, and that's fine. That makes sense story wise. I just don't think it makes sense for her to pop mm. up in this. So I she doesn't need to. No, she doesn't need to. I would love to see Colleen Wing though show up. That'd be cool. I'm for mm. that. You know, um, especially if it's like you know Hellcat training or whatever. That's cool. Um, but yeah. So anyway, but they, there's a voiceover where she says Jessica doesn't think she needs me, but she definitely needs a sidekick or something like that. Yeah. Paraphrasing. So it's definitely hinting strongly that she's going to maybe suit up hmm. in some form or fashion. I, I, I feel like gonna, we'll never see a costume for her. I think you might get like a ninja, like a, a like a daredevil season hmm. one style costume for her, because she's definitely one who's going to want to protect her identity since she's a public figure. Yeah. You know, she's you know. She's famous, so I could see her wanting to put on a mask, um, but I could be wrong. And speaking of, like, the famous aspect, one of the things from the blurb that I liked to hear was, you know, now her identity is kind of out there. She's known for being the superhero badass at this point. Yes. How is that going to affect her? Now, do you think, since there's this murderer going around, you know, and it's obviously someone with powers, do you think they're going to be questioning her? Oh, yeah. So I feel like that's going to mm. be a thing, right? Like they're going to be going to her and stuff. Oh, I could definitely go for Misty Knight and um, Jessica Jones having a good confrontation, her uh, interrogating her some more. Yeah. That and was I, fun part of Defenders. I feel like that's going to happen, mm. you know, because the cops are definitely involved, you know, from what we've seen in the trailers. Um, so I could definitely see that confrontation happening, um, especially since she knows Jessica Jones mm. so well at this point, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it. It looks like it's going to be another awesome season. I'm excited. 
I can't believe it's like almost here. Exactly. We're recording this on Tuesday. It drops Thursday. Yeah. Thursday wow. night. Probably around four a.m. <laughs> oh my god! So that's thirteen episodes I've got to watch by next week. Yep. <laughs> I'll be doing it. I'll be watching that all the way up a, to the uh, the pay per view, and that's about it. Uh, that's I have my a family weekend. asshole. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a three year old. I don't get those perks yeah. of being single, being able to binge a whole series in a day. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for this. I mean, I'm wondering, you know, do we get a Luke Cage appearance? You can, but I, I feel like it's a good time to have a break for that. Yeah. Bring him back in the third season. Especially since, you know, his season is dropping next. Like he's going to be, you know, his second season showing up in June. So, yeah, maybe a little breather. Well, I would love to see their family drama. I want to see it later. I want a little bit more story well, he's her. with, you know, what's her name? Yeah, exactly. Right Rosario Dawson. So, yeah, the night nurse, if mm-hmm. you will. So, it really, and it kind of felt weird. Like, they were definitely flirting oh, hard yeah. in the Defenders. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would definitely be weird. Like, that almost made me feel uncomfortable. I was like, well, we're kind of being jerks here, aren't we? <laughs> it's a poor night nurse. <laughs> Well, I feel like they're going to have a good um, three-way dynamic between Night Nurse, uh, Iron Fist, and... Um, That's because in the book, Iron Fist ends up with Misty Knight. That's a big relationship, too. So, that's interesting, too. I never really thought about that. Is that the three-way No, I said, I said Night Nurse. <laughs> Not that there's a three-way happening. No. This, but, but, you know, that, that triangle... That's another thing that they can play with. I mean... Yeah. Hopefully Luke Cage saves Iron Fist at this point. Yeah, he really has to. Mm. That's what this whole season's going to be about. You know, not that we were supposed to be talking about Luke Cage right now. I know. But I feel like Luke Cage needs to save Iron Fist. Especially since they're doing another season Mm. of Iron Fist. Yes, right? And I'm going to watch it, even though I shouldn't. (laughs) Because I know it's going to mean something story-wise. Right? Does Kung Lung come back? <laughs> I, oh god i don't know the gate to come on right so when do you want to see luke cage and jessica jones that relationship finally come to fruition i could see that as a third or a fourth season okay so you feel i feel like they're not going to do another defenders for a while oh yeah i think it's definitely gonna be a break yeah because it, from what i've heard it wasn't that successful like ratings wise which blows my mind it doesn't blow my mind because it came right off the heels of Iron Fist. Yes. What a shitty lead-in. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're... And you start the show with Iron Fist as yes. well. Yes. That, yeah. And that that whole storyline was very Iron Fist-centric. Mm-hmm. So that that is true. So, I mean, man, it did, they did themselves no favors whatsoever with that. And really, it, for me, it's like the biggest misstep Marvel has done. Mm-hmm. Like the MCU. I don't know, since, like, the first, the second Thor movie, I'll say. Like, I can't, you know. Well, I think we'd be saying a completely different story if Iron Fist had came out maybe before Jessica Jones or before Luke Cage. And then we had Luke Cage or Jessica Jones to go into Defenders. You think we would appreciate Iron Fist more? I feel like, no, we would be talking a different story for... Oh, um, the Defenders. Defenders. Like, it would be more successful. Exactly. I could see that, yeah. If it had, like, Luke Cage as a lead-in or Jessica Jones as a lead-in, people would have been more excited for it. But, yeah, I thought that show was going to do, like, you know, nothing but, like, you know, 
blowing out the, you know, <laughs> the broadcast or whatever. I, I'm an old man. What's, <laughs> what's the term for Netflix? Taking down the system. The stream. The stream. Well, Luke Cage, right? Luke Cage actually, like, they had to go off. Like, something happened where they couldn't, like, they overrided the oh, system. yeah. That was that night. Uh, the first night. Um, and they crashed the site. They crashed the site. Thank you. They, I, <laughs> I felt like the Defenders was going to crash, like, Netflix. No. There was so much hype behind it and everything. And I felt like everything was leading up to the Defenders. You mm. know, it was like... The Netflix shows Avengers. So I was really surprised to hear that it was actually the least successful show of the bunch. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I see Defenders coming out at least um, after Punisher Season 2. At a minimum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I might, it might be even longer. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they just, you know, keep with the solo stories. Mm-hmm. Have them cross over. You know, character-wise, you know, within the, their own shows, but, like, kind of, you know, wait for the Defenders. You know, maybe have, like, a mini-reunion on, like, a, you know, in one season of the other characters. You know, like Daredevil or something like that. But I mean, Marvel, major Marvel itself show. has been talking about, like, how from now going forward, characters are just going to start showing up everywhere. I know, I don't see them, I'm not saying the movies and the TV show are going to happen where it's going to be movie characters showing up on TV shows. But I'm saying... Isn't that what we all want, though? I'm still holding out hope, and I know it's not going to happen that we still get that like alleyway fight in Infinity, you know, war where you know they yep. just they just panned through New York, and you just see the Defenders mm-hmm. battling some aliens or something just briefly. You know, that's all you would need. People would go fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the all perfect Easter egg. Yes, that's it. Just see Jessica Jones and Daredevil and Luke Cage and. Iron Fist, I guess. <laughs> Kicking ass, you know, an alley just for a brief second. Mm. How awesome would that be? People would go crazy. That'd I just don't understand why they wouldn't do something like that. You know, I don't see why it would hurt any storylines. I don't know. Do nothing. Yeah, it would do nothing. You know, and they could act like it didn't happen if they don't want to. So, I mean, whatever. But that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but what I was trying to say was, I see um, the Defenders characters just showing up in each other's shows. Like, it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think they need to do a big, like, announcement or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything now is online instantly when yeah. another actor walks on another <laughs> set. But I don't feel like it needs to be a big thing. Because I was questioning, do you think Luke Cage shows up at all in Jessica Jones? This season, no. I okay. don't see it. And I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of want this to just be a standalone Jessica Jones story and let's yeah. continue. Yeah, and they've done such a great job with the interpretation from the comic to the, sh- to the small screen mm. with this character where I feel like she just doesn't need that extra support. She can hold her own. You know, I mean, yeah, they've had to change a few things um, in the book. Uh, the Hellcat character, the best friend, is actually Carol, uh, who's Captain Marvel. Mm. Um, but obviously they can't do that because, yeah. you know, Captain Marvel's busy, you know, on the big screen. So, but that's, you know, it is what it is. You know, that's really my only, like, small mm. gripe. But I feel like, you know... Something could always change. You could show up. Yes. <laughs> Highly <laughs> unlikely, but that would be really cool. I would love to have Jessica Jones, like, have her apartment where... Everyone's just randomly showing up to tell her what bullshit they've gone through that day, and 
Well, especially since, you know, it, it's the perfect setup for mm-hmm. her being a PI and everything. You know, she could be, you know, getting like, you know, people in there, you know, little cases or whatever, saying I ran across so-and-so. And they even dropped something like, do you know Captain America in the uh, trailer, right? So they could be getting little crossovers like that yeah. left and right. You know, they do an Ant-Man. The Ant-Man's actually a big part of the um, the first original run of the book of Jessica Jones' stories. Scott Lang's Ant-Man, in fact. So, I mean... There's always hope. <laughs> I mean, I remember my first, like, like introduction to this character was just Spider-Man went over to ask her some questions. Mm-hmm. Just randomly. And I would issue. I was just like, oh, what is this? <laughs> yeah, who's this? Yeah. But yeah, she steals every scene that she's in. She does. Mm. You know, even with the Defender, she was a highlight. So, I just, I think, besides Daredevil, this year, this has probably been my most anticipated Netflix show. Um, so, yeah. To say that I'm stoked is, you know, an understatement. Yeah, Kristen Ritter has done a really great job. Especially since the last thing I saw her in before this was just a pure comedy sitcom on television. Like, she was just playing this wild character that was nothing like this. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, of course, she was in, in Breaking, um, Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's, what, that's how I that's know how her. That's how she has so. it. <laughs> but I, I, I actually want to catch that now to see what that would be like. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine her in that role. Because uh, the two characters I know her as <laughs> are very dark. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. She's like this. She's an alcoholic again, but it's uh-huh. uh, in a funny way. Right? It's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Don't trust the bee in apartment twenty three is what it's called. Oh really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. It's obviously it got not canceled. on anymore. <laughs> I liked it. Though. All right. Well, I'm glad it got canceled because we get Jessica oh, Jones, yes, right? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Jessica Jones out this week. See it, people. Binge the first season if you haven't. Maybe I'll even live tweet it at some point. (laughs) Go for it. I'll try. And I will not follow you because I don't want any spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before we say goodbye, uh, we've got some shows that you should be listening to. Yes. Three shows, in fact. All right. Let's start off with Old Still Radio Show, a Southern-based comedy show for your listening enjoyment. Come join hosts Clyde and Sugar Tits for (laughs) bi-weekly fun. But be careful, it's not safe for work. I just love hearing you say Sugar Tits. (laughs) I know that sounds dirty, but I can listen to that all night long. Well, luckily it's been recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Who do we got next? Um, We have the Pop Culture Cafe. Uh, entertainment tonight of pop culture news. They give you all the pop culture news out there. I'm sure it's been bubbling with, especially with the Oscars lately. That's right. Uh, check them out at thepopculturecafe.com. All right. And then last but not least, I shake my head. Lisa and Sam are two funny 48-year-old women from Canada who love to laugh. Uh, all over Twitter. See them constantly. Listen to them constantly. They're a really great podcast. I like their accents. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> and let's not forget Them Guilty Aces. You're probably listening to them right now. Right now. That's right. A great Chicago-based rockabilly band. Uh, download their music on iTunes. They currently have two EPs up. And follow them on Twitter for all upcoming show dates. And let's not forget ourselves. Yes, of course. You can listen to us like you are right now on Podbean or 12 Ounce Radio. Uh, you can also hear us on Stitcher and iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, people. You won't win anything this time, (laughs) but 
we would really appreciate you win my your... love and affection. That's right, right damn it. <laughs> and we would really appreciate it. Help shows like right. us. I can't um, overstate that. Yeah, and definitely follow us on Twitter. I mean, you probably already do because we're so awesome. And if you're listening to this, I don't know how else you would have found us. So. Exactly. Oh, don't forget Facebook. Facebook. Oh yes. God damn it, we're on Facebook. People. <laughs> follow us on Facebook. We're going to be. Or at least tell more. your grandparents to follow us on Facebook because exactly. I don't know if kids nowadays are on Facebook, but. I am still, huh. but I think I might have a MySpace page somewhere. So whatever. <laughs> Don't worry, kids. We'll get on Instagram soon enough, and we'll, oh, God. we'll make stories with you. I'm just dreading that. <laughs> it's so much social media for I me. Know. So, but yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, converse with us on Twitter too. Exactly. All right, we're there. We listen. We respond back instantly. Mm-hmm. So um, we're those kind of guys. So if you got questions about the show, feedback, let us know. At amazing. That's right. Add amazing nurture. So uh, that's going to do it for this week. Yes. I'm Christian. This is Damon. And I was the amazing nurture. Stay nerdy. <laughs>